Hello, my loves. And before I kick off today's podcast, a super quick announcement from me. You see, this week, right now, I have my product awards open for nominations and entries. And the reason you need to think this is super exciting and go and enter today is that as a product owner, you're always looking for ways to make your products look trustworthy. To say to your audience or your prospective customers, this product is the bomb. And there is no quicker, easier way to do that than to say your product is an award-winning product. So I created the SheCom Product Awards and this year is our kickoff year. We have amazing judges involved and stringent processes. But the best thing is that the minute you enter, you get a nominee badge. That means you can instantly put an award badge all over your socials and website. And then, of course, there's the finalist badges and then three winners per category. So head on over and enter today. It is lisajones.co and look for the awards tab. Hello, gorgeous, and welcome to the e-commerce uncomplicated podcast, the place to be if you want to see your online brand absolutely thrive. I'm Lisa Jones, e-com expert, multi-million dollar brand founder and mum. I now spend my days helping women all around the world to grow their brands. The e-commerce uncomplicated podcast breaks down all the aspects of running a successful business into simple, actionable steps delivered in easy to follow bite-sized chunks. If you're thinking of starting your own product brand or you already have a brand that's growing, then you are in the right place, my love. Let's get started. This is e-commerce uncomplicated. my loves and welcome to another episode of e-commerce uncomplicated now firstly you're gonna have to forgive me today i've got a little bit of a husky voice going on and that is the direct result of five days in the last week spent at a trade expo here in australia at an expo called the reed gift fair in melbourne now as you would know in between standing on a stand and talking to a lot of clients or prospective clients And I did three keynote talks there. I used my voice a lot and I'm a little husky. So you're going to have to bear with me this morning. It is a huskier, hopefully sexier version of Lisa Jones this morning coming live to you to talk about expos. So what I know to be true is that as product brands, we need to consider how can we sell more wholesale? And one of the fastest way to do that is to consider trade expos. Now, A lot of the tips I'm going to share with you today will also work for business to consumer expos, so face-to-face public expos, of which you have loads of options. So really, a lot of these tips will work for both, but primarily today I'm talking about finding stockists at trade expos. So let's start with understanding why we might attend an expo like this. And well, are they still relevant after this post-COVID world we live in? Let's just chat about that for a moment. So I'd like to share my experience today as I went through the Read Gift Fair over the last week because it's super relevant for you guys to understand, was it worth it? Now, I'm talking about my Aussie Man Hands brand here. If you didn't know, I actually own half of a really cool hand cream and men's toiletry range called Aussie Man Hands. And with that brand, we're trying to blow it up online, but we're also really certain that we would like this product to be available in stockists. And that's globally eventually. But for now, we're looking for stockists here in Australia. Our hand products are perfect for 
gift stores, stationery stores, lifestyle stores, livestock, and anywhere really that sells products that a man might pop into or the wife or mother might pop into to buy gifts for the men in her life. So at this gift fair that we've just attended, there were, I'm going to say 10,000 wholesale stockists that went through the expo with a lot of brands presented at the expo. And it was up to us as a brand to stand out. So I'm going to talk to you today about how to make your stand pop, how to sell on a stand, and even, well, why should you do this anyway? So I'm going to start there today. Why would we spend upwards of $12,000 and five days or six days of my life that I can't reclaim talking to people about getting my product in their stores? Firstly, I believe, and this goes right back to my Eco Originals days with my nappy brand, that having my product on shelf in multiple bricks and mortar stores around Australia is actually beneficial for my e-commerce brand. You see, I might be driving through a little country town with my family on holidays on a road trip and I stop at some cute shops and I buy some products. Let's assume I buy some olive oil that I love and maybe a, a face cream and a piece of jewellery. And it's wonderful. I'm excited. I'm buying things on my holiday. Then I go home and I use the products for a little while. And a month or two later, I think, oh, wow, I loved that product. I want to buy more of it. Now, I'm not near that local store, so chances of me buying from them again are probably fairly low. My opportunity here as a consumer is to jump onto their website because I still have their packaging and buy more from them. So with my nappy brand, I always considered the shelf space at retailers as a marketing opportunity to have people fall in love with my products that they purchase on a shelf. And of course, we want them to return to that retailer to keep rebuying. But perchance they don't, or they want the convenience of online, being able to then buy from my e-commerce store is such a boon. It's such an opportunity that you can't ignore. So when we look at the opportunity to sell our product to stock us at a trade fair, we're not just looking at the orders that we receive at the trade fair. We're also looking at the future potential of A, those stockers continuing to purchase regularly from us and B, the people that buy the stockers stock coming to buy from our e-commerce store. So it's branding, it's marketing, it's getting your product in front of other people's faces. And yes, for wholesale, you need to lose a little bit of margin, but I believe that it's a really clever way to still grow a brand. And well, look, heck, I talk all about multi-channel marketing omni-channel marketing, whatever you want to call it, 12 eggs in 12 baskets. And absolutely, stockists, having your product in multiple stores around Australia is definitely another way to risk mitigate your brand as you grow. And I think for most of you, it would be something you should consider. So let's start with which expo do you pick? So here in Australia, and I'm going to assume around most of the world, we have two types of trade fairs that you can go to. One is to the direct public. They would be more a public expo. So here in Australia, we have lots of expos that go direct to public. Mind Body, PBC, Baby and Toddler, One Fine Baby. In all industry categories, there's lots of options for you to do direct to consumer. Now, make no mistake, they are super hard work. You are pummeled by people all day. Make sure you hire staff and have them on your stand so that it isn't all on you as a brand owner. But of course, they have the potential for you to not only sell lots of product, but get people who are in the education stage that will come back and buy from you in the future. But the one I'm focusing on today is B2B. This is where we sell direct to other businesses on a wholesale price point. 
The downside to wholesale price point is we give up some of our margin because, of course, the retailer wants to have a margin and still sell at your RRP. But the good news is once you've sold a bunch of product to them once and you follow them up and nurture them, they should continue to range your product and sell your product indefinitely. So it's a fabulous opportunity to not have to look for new customers every month. When it comes to understanding which expo you go to, then I want you to get really clear about what your cost is to display at this expo. Now, having just done one myself, it would be easy to assume that it is just the cost that you're paying the expo provider for the stand. But that would be incorrect because there are a lot of costs that sit on top of that that you need to consider before you get your break-even point for a trade fair. So let's just run through those right now. There would be the actual stand cost. Then you've got your fit-out cost because generally speaking, you just get a raw shell and you've got to make it look amazing. And in this podcast today, I'm going to give you some tips to do that. On top of that, you've got product cost. Not only the cost of the samples or the products that you need to display there, but the cost to freight your product to the expo. You've got bump in and bump out. And for some people who don't know these terms, that's the time in which we set up the stand and pack down the stand. And sometimes you might need to hire a tradie to help you set it up. On top of that, you've then got your own travel costs. So that might be flights, car hire, or Ubers, and it might be, well, it should be hotels and accommodation. Now, on top of that, you've also got wages. So largely speaking, I like to go a little bit of a bigger stand and put team on it. Depending on your budget, the upside to that is that as a business owner, I'm quite busy and I would probably not be very satisfied with my life. If I had to stand on that stand, the one we've just done was five days and it was nine till six, five days in a row. And like, seriously, oh my God, that would kill me. So I hired somebody to be on the stand the entire time. And then three of us floated through the show, depending on how busy it was. So in my B2C days with my nappy brand, I would have up to 10 staff on a big stand because we used to get pummeled by people wanting to talk to us about our nappies. So whatever you do, consider looking for local contractors that can come and work on your stand and within which you train really, really well. So there's a whole bunch of costs that are involved in running a trade fair. And I want you to get close to that break-even number before you consider what your sales targets for the expo are. And my loves, you must have sales targets. So I knew at our Reed Expo, we needed to break even by about 14 grand, right? It's a lot of money. And the answer to five days being on the stand is that we got to about 14 grand in sales. Now, that's not exactly covering our break even because when we sell product, we obviously have our raw product cost to take out of that and freight. But overall, we were fairly satisfied with getting to close to break even on that because we hope to sell a lot more to those same retailers over the coming years. So it also has the opportunity to continue to deliver and drive sales into our brand ongoingly. But really important that you get clear on what you're trying to get out of it before you head into it. So let's talk next about how to make your stand pop. You see, I've seen a lot of trade fairs and the stands that are the busiest are the ones that look the best because, well, people can be a little bit sheep-like and they're going to gravitate to the good-looking stands. It's just part of what we do. So I would ask you to consider investing a little into making sure you include stand fit-out. Hopefully, once you've done this once, your stand fit-out is repeatable and you don't need to spend any more. And flyers. You must have flyers on your stand that you can hand out. So we had a line sheet with an order form and clipboards and the square reader. So they're all things to consider having on the stand as well. 
but back to making your stand pop. I usually rip up the floor tiles that they provide. I either go to bare polished concrete or I bring my own floors. So with my last nappy brand and luckily with my now hand cream brand, Aussie Man Hands, I've been able to integrate fluorescent orange floors. So I buy carpet tiles a meter by a meter and I pop them down on the floor and it makes my stand pop. It is really eye-catching. And of course, I match that orange through my walls to make sure that the stand is very on brand. But I really love fabric, stretched printed fabric walls. Now, you can get these done at loads of different printing companies. But essentially, I get a graphic designer to make my wall look amazing. So we're focusing on three core messages because generally you'll have three walls unless you're a corner or an end, in which case you'll have one or two big walls. I want you to make your stand pop. So in my case, we used not only the logo and the transformational cell, but we also used some icons from media and a bit of a sentence that a media outlet had said about our products and then a bunch of images and the Made in Australia icons. So they were all on our walls, but we still managed to keep it clean. Once the graphic designer has finished the design, I send it through to three or four different printing companies for quotes. And for my three walls at a three by three stand recently, I was able to go between $500 and $2,500 quotes, right? So definitely shop around. I ended up going with a company that was about $1,200 because I don't always like the cheapest. Sometimes cheapest is not the best and I didn't need the most expensive. And in fact, the ones I used were fabulous. The important part about stretch fabric walls is that you get the Velcro sewn into every edge. So as long as the expo you're going to has carpet tile walls, you can actually amazingly use the Velcro that is sewn into the edges of each panel and literally stick it to the wall. And then when you pack up, you just pull it off the wall. It is the easiest thing ever. You don't lose space with pull-ups because they waste some of your stand and they make the stand look amazing. So that's a couple of my setup tips when it comes to making a stand pop. But I also want to talk to you on this podcast today about how to get the most out of selling on a stand. Because as an e-commerce business owner, chances are you're navigating how to sell on a website and through email campaigns. And it's very, very different than standing on a stand, interacting with humans face-to-face, eye-to-eye, where you have the opportunity to chat to people. So when it comes to chatting to people on the stand, here's a couple of my top tips. Firstly, please don't be a wallflower, my darlings. Don't stand in the back of your stand looking on your phone. No chewing gum, no phones. Put them away. Stand at the front. Smile. Look up. Look engaging. Catch people's eyes. Smile at them. Laugh. Talk to them. How's your day going? Do you want to come and have a chat to me about what I've got going on here? Like, engage with people. That is, first of all, the number one tip I can give you to double your sales on the stand. I legit promise you, If you stand at the back of your stand on your phone, people will not stop to talk to you and you want to engage people and get them interested in your product. So that is the first tip. Then invite them to understand the story about how your brand started. It might go something like, hey, how are you going today? You're having a great day. Can I tell you about my products and why I started them? Most people would be like, oh, okay, there's a story. I'm keen to hear that. And then, of course, make a really succinct 30-second story about why you started your product and what's amazing about it. And while you're talking to them, be picking products up and showing them. If you have a product that can be tested, as my Aussie Man Hand Cream can, 
we had little disposable paddle pop sticks and we were putting the paddle pop stick into a tub and popping a bit of cream on their hand as we're telling them the story. So we're engaging them. Their body is engaged, their brain is engaged, their eyes are watching and their ears are listening. So I've got sensory engagement happening here. And then once I've done a little bit of a spiel, then I ask them a little about them. You know, how's the expo going for you and and what kind of store do you have? And have a bit of a chat to them about why they're there and what they're looking for. And if it feels like there's a match, and by the way, don't stand there for hours talking to someone who is not a potential lead. Be really kind and cut them quickly and move to the next person. It's really important that you monitor your energy and your time as super valuable. But then ask them for the sale. Like this is probably my biggest tip number two today that people forget to do. And that's, so would you like to place an order and we can see how our products go in your store? Now, in my experience of sales, and I have a pretty vast experience of selling, I think this is the most underrated tool ever. Simply ask for the sale. Ask them, would you like to range our products in your store? Can I place an order for you today? Shall we go ahead with getting some of our product on your shelves? Just ask them, my loves. Ask for the sale. If you struggle with this a little, another way to get interaction here is, can I tell you about our show special we have on? Now, at the expo I just did, we didn't do a show special because we were almost out of product. And so our show special was jump in now to grab our product before we run out of hand cream for about three to four weeks. So we had a deadline and If you've listened to my other podcasts, you'll know I'm always about deadline, deal, and scarcity. They are really important things to be able to ask for sales and get sales from potential customers. So the really important thing you could do here is offer a deal that is only available at the expo. It could be free shipping. It could be samples that you're going to give them for free to put on their shelf. It could be, well, whatever you want it to be, but a show special can work really well. And you could say to them, If they say, no, I'm not ready to order, you could say, no worries, I understand. However, just letting you know this is only available here at the show. If you would like to place an order with us in the future, you won't get access to a deal like this. So we want to give them an opportunity to feel like they're missing out on something. Take full payment is my next tip. If you're going to get a sale on the stand, make sure you ask for payment. Have a square reader there, have it hooked up, pop it straight in, text or email them the receipt the minute you run the payment through, but get cash on the stand. Firstly, it's easier for them to pay for stuff as they're going. They don't need to worry about it later. They'll already be ready to pay for stuff on the stand. And thirdly, you don't want to have to go home and have an admin headache of trying to figure out and get payment from people who've gone and become a cold lead from when they first placed the order. So most definitely get payment at the stand, look them in the eye, ask for the sale, offer them a stand-only deal, and absolutely make the sales lucrative enough that you can enhance what you're doing by continuing to sell to them in the future. Now, I have two more really important things to say on this podcast about trade expos, and they are about leveraging the fact that you're paying to be at the stand. The first one is at pretty much every expo I've ever been to, I've been able to leverage either some kind of media or some kind of amazing opportunity to become a keynote speaker or to get on a stage or to be in their magazine as a featured brand, or I usually often wangle to get on those social media stories as come on down and check out our product here at the stand today. I'm Lisa and this is what we're doing that's really cool. And so talk to the exhibition organizers and work out how you can find better ways to be a partner for them. 
offer them reels that you can create for them on the stand. Give them stuff to use. I've just been a keynote speaker on their main stage three times in five days. So try to leverage being there and that investment that you're spending by being there the best way that you can. And then the last tip I have for you is that even though you might break even on the stand, and you might have future stockers. There are two other really important things I need you to do on the stand. The first one is capture every lead that comes through your stand. So most of the big trade fairs these days will have an automatic scanner that's an app on your phone. You simply scan the barcode on their tag. It automatically puts all their details into your phone and you create a database of people to continue to market to. And the second part of that is that some of the people that come to your stand to chat with you Well, they may not be a buyer right now, but what they might be is a massive future opportunity. So for us on the stand, that looked like a couple of national news agency chains where the head buyers came through and were really keen to range us. It also looks like duty-free stores came through and talked to us about ranging us in their duty-free stores. So all it takes sometimes is an opportunity to get a big contact at those expos that could get you national exposure through a chain of stores that makes the entire expo value repaid 10 times over from that one conversation. So in summary, they're really hard work, my loves. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Be prepared to be exhausted when you come home and husky voiced and a bit grumpy and it is an expense. You have to have the cash to fund it, but there is enormous opportunity to do it. So absolutely test and measure, have a crack, Get in there, give it a red hot go, which is all you can do as a brand owner and make sure you jump into my group and share with me what your experiences with trade expos are. If you've had good ones, bad ones, if you listen to this podcast and you do a trade expo and my tips helped, jump into my free Facebook group, which is called SheCom, e-commerce uncomplicated for women, and tell us how did your trade fair go? Send us some photos in the group and tell us how it went because of course we want to know how your journey is. Don't make this conversation one-sided. Come and hang with me. Talk to me. Tell me how it's going in your brand. That is it from me today, my loves, wherever you are in the world. I hope this podcast was helpful for you today. And I am sending you hugs and kisses today from me to you.